This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. one thing, but uh, just got a note on it. Uh, there's a special need in Pakistan that uh, where the flooding has caused much devastation, and we have missionaries on the ground who have gone to the hardest hit areas to access those needs. Uh, they will be reporting back to us, please pray and help financially if you are able. We can't solve all the problems, but we can do our part. You can give online through the website and buy a credit card on your envelopes. Amen. I apologize for not seeing that before, but uh, uh, if you can do that, you know, there's plenty of envelopes around. Just grab one, and like I said, you can get by your credit card on the envelope or go online and, and uh, uh, put uh, selected uh, for Pakistan. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, those are opportunities. You know, if you got a need in your life, you know what? Sow a seed. You know? And that's a good thing to do. Sow to somebody that's hurting. Amen? And, and, and God will take care of your need. Amen? Amen. Well, thank you for that. Uh, praise the Lord. I need to... I got oil all over my hands. Praise the Lord. I apologize for stepping out of the camera there. Uh, I'm Brother Bruce, as most of y'all know, but if you don't know me, they call me Brother Bruce. I, you know, I think for a long time I thought my first name was Brother, you know, because <laughs> that's what everybody calls me. But I'm glad to be called Brother, amen, you know, in the family of God, and I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of and, uh, you know, I want to encourage you to keep uh, thanking God for our pastors that are there on sabbatical now and uh, thanking them for the, uh, the healing power working in them, amen, and declaring those verses that uh, Dr. Steve, who is our bishop and overseer of the Passion Church campuses, that uh, he gave us some verses in Psalms 103, verses 2 through, two through 5 to declare over them, amen. Amen. So let's be, I got my little thing on, but let's be faithful with that. Amen. And uh, uh, as God bring across your heart, uh, praise God. Uh, our, our month, we're talking about this month, hope. Hope begins here. Amen. So we're talking about the hope, you know, mainly about the, the hope of God. Amen. A lot of people don't know really what hope is. They say, I hope so, or things like that. And, the, and you, know, you hear people say that, you know, and there's, there's a desire there, but it's not always what the biblical hope is. Amen. And we're going to touch on, on uh, uh, all of them, but uh, 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 let's pray first. Father, I just thank you for this time to bring forth your word. 
Father, to your children, your disciples, your students in the faith, those whom you love, your saints. Father, without you, I can't minister to anybody. Holy Spirit, I totally depend on you. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. Have your way. Lord, touch and minister to the hearts of your people. Holy Spirit, equip them so they'll be able to be strengthened in your purpose, in your plan. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, uh, put my little specs on here. Okay. Uh, in this particular, on this service, we're talking about hope beginning here. And it's, it says there at the promises of God, you know, or in the promises of God. As we look to the, uh, you know, see what's happening in, you know, in the world today, uh, you know, we see a lot of people, countless people, you know, they're going around, you know, they used to say this phrase, uh, like chickens with their head cut off, you know. They're just wandering everywhere. Most of them not having a real hope because they don't see anything to look forward to. You know, all they've seen is what this world has been uh, uh, bombarding them with and, 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 and uh, uh, just proclaiming to them. And if you uh, listen to the news or anything like that, and it's, it's a bunch of junk coming forth that ha don't come near what the word of God says and it's against God's 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 hope and his design and his plan for us you know and and so they're they're going about and they're they're they might not cry out some are crying out but they're crying on the inside what's ahead What's going to happen? What is things coming to? Rumors of wars. Wars. You know? You know, uh, 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 ethnic group against ethnic group. You know? You know? Kingdom against kingdom. You know, strife. Division. Hate. Unforgiveness. All these things are, you see, flooding out there. But in the midst of it, you know, there is a hope. There is a hope, you know. But a lot of times they miss that hope because hope has to manifest itself. And we're going we gonna to get into that a little bit. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> What is hope? What is hope? And what is its source? You know, the Strong's, uh, uh, Strong's uh, uh, concordance of the definition of one of the words hope we're going to be talking about is a, it's a, a Greek word called LPC. LPC. It means to anticipate. An expectation or confidence. 
And when it's on the God side, it's usually an anticipation for good. The word of God says that God is good and he always, not sometimes, always does good. Always. Everything he does is good and for the good. Amen? But there's, there's also other expectations, you know, that are not for good. And we're going to touch on some of those things, too. Uh, uh, the other word is El Pizzo, which comes from the LPC, you know. And I, I might be butchering the Greek, but that's okay. <laughs> Y'all will forgive me. And if any Greek-speaking person watching and listening, forgive me. <laughs> but it means to expect or confide. And it's usually translated hoped or trust. Hope or trust. Turn with me to uh, Psalms 119. Psalms 119. And let's look at verse uh, 49. 49. Let me find it here. Psalms 119, I encourage you. Uh, uh, and you might have already read it, but if you, it's one, to me, it's one of the richest uh, books in the Psalms. All of Psalms is good. And the book of Psalms is full of what we're talking about, hope. And especially this psalm right here. And this psalm, the re one reason I, I, you know, I love it so much is because it deals with the love for the word. You know, King David, was. you see him in there and he's talking about his love for the law. Or, you know, we can say today the word of God. You know, the word of God. You know, and we also know that the word of God is, you know, it's, it's written and spoken, but it's not just letters on a page, you know, or a voice we hear. It's a person. Amen. But David, you know, he, he, he in that he pours out his, his love for God. But in Psalms uh, 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 119, verse 19, or excuse me, 49, it says this. Remember the word unto your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Remember the word unto your servant by which you have caused me to hope. We see in that that, you know, David saying, God, it's what's coming out of your mouth that I hope on or you caused me to hope on, to connect you and, and have something come up in me that says, oh, I can expect something. A dream is, I see something. You know, something is beginning to open up for me that wasn't there before. And that's what, that's what hope does. He said, you know, let me read again. He said, remember the word. The word. That which you breathe out 
two to me. You know? In the, in, in, the, in, the, in the New Testament, it says that every word from God, from, uh, uh, by God, is, is, is uh, inspired or God breathe. You know? It's, God, it's the breath of God coming forth. You know? Holy Spirit spoke to me not too many days ago. He said, he said Bruce, sometimes Abba's uh, 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 word, you know, uh, uh, is not as, well, let me say this. I'm trying to remember it right. But a message designed by you or in man is not as powerful, even if it's for God, is not as, not as powerful as, as a word that's God breathed. See, I can get in this Bible and I can write a message and I can make messages and I can, you know, you know get an outline and everything. But if the breath of God's not on it, for me, it's, it's not going to be life to you. God wants us to breathe in what he's saying. Because when we breathe in what he's saying, something happens in the midst of us for good. So he said, remember the word, that which you breathe unto your servant, upon which you have caused me. <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh, uh, you have caused me. God's word, because he's the source of all good hope, will cause hope through the word he breathes to you to come alive and cause the, what that word was meant to do to bring forth a picture, a vision, a desire. You can even say a craving, you know? Because there's a good craving and a bad cravings. But it causes you to begin to, you know, it's like if I can throw myself up on top of something, you know, you know. But anyway, <laughs> causes you to get up on hope. Get up on that word which he spoke, which is really him. I'm throwing myself on him. It causes something in you to be alive. And that's that word, that hope in you. Amen. Turn to uh, 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 Romans, uh, uh, Romans chapter uh, 15, verse 13. Romans. 15, 13. I'm using my tablet up here and <laughs> getting used to it. Here the Apostle Paul's writing something. He says, now the God of hope. 
or you can say the God of anticipation, the God of an expectation, the God of confidence. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in that hope <laughs> through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now may the God of hope, the one who gives you the hope, fill you with all joy. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. You can say, may he fill you with all strength and peace. A quietness of rest. A prosperity, a wholeness and health. That word means a lot. In believing. In believing that you may abound. You know, sometimes we think, oh, you know, we get this thing and it's, it's religious and it's lies from the pit of hell that God don't want us to have anything or to be much of anything that we just allot it to this little lot in life. Now, if it's true, if it was true, then we need to be the best little, little lot in life we can be for him because the reward would be great. Because somebody can have a big lot and not be faithful. And you have that little lot and you are faithful in all he says and, and doing it out of a heart of love and joy and peace and believing. And then you get up there and you see your reward is so great. And then you say, man, they didn't get what I thought they was going to get. Why? Because God likes faithful people. Amen. But, but God, he uses the word abound in here. It don't mean to squeak by. It don't mean just to have a little dab of do you. You know? He wants that. He wants that joy and peace and believe that, that it'll cause us from the hope which he gives us uh, to abound in that hope. In that vision, that dream. You know? Nations are on your heart. And you can't get them off your heart. You know? You got a business that you're thinking about, but you might not see all the details of how to do it, but it just, it, you just can't get rid of it. You know? It could be daddy saying, hey, I want you to abound in that. I got plans for you. I got a purpose for you. Because the purpose and plan I have for you is part of the purpose and plan I have for my kingdom. And I'm looking for increase. See, sometimes, you know, we're taught, you know. See, God, God expects a harvest. And if you don't produce, guess what? There's parables Jesus told. They say, hey, take from that lazy one. And as a matter of fact, in one thing, he said, they got a wicked heart. Because they, they saw me this way, but they didn't even act the way they thought they saw me. Because, so, therefore, they were lying. And give it to the one who got ten. They say, well, well, master, 
They already got 10. Why are you giving it to the one that got 10? Because to whom much is given. I mean, who is given much, much more will be required or be given much more. Y'all know what it says. Amen. But you know what? But see, human nature says, oh, help the one who ain't got much and ain't doing much. Well, maybe they don't have much or not doing much because they ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing and, and being obedient and in love with God. God's expecting a harvest. And it don't matter your age. Y'all heard me say this before. My hope is not to be, we're talking about hope, that's, how, that's why I phrased it that way. My hope is not to sit up in this, in, in, in this family and just let it be like it is. And sit around till we quote unquote older ones till we die and go home to be with Jesus. No, that ain't daddy's plan. He don't care about how old you are, how young you are. He has a hope for a harvest. He has a hope for your life. He has a desire, a craving for you to be all that he created you to be. To be more than a conqueror. Now overcome, overcome all the junk that the enemy's washed in your life through people and situations and circumstances. He has a hope for you to break free from that lie and see the vision, the dream that he has for you. So that it will abound past you to those who or don't know where the hope is, don't know where they can get hope from. But if we sit up here, well, you know, I turn 55 or I turn 65 and, you know, I'm just going to go be faithful to church and go and give my tithes, give my offerings, you know. God understands, you know. I ain't as strong as I used to be, you know, God, you know. You know, Lord, you know I love you. When God knows what he put in you, how he made you, and what you're capable of, and as far as strength, he can quicken you in a moment. He don't want us to make excuses. He don't want us to make excuses. He's got something he wants to abound, a hope, abound that we abound in and hope through the power. Not only we don't have to cause the hope to abound, but he gives us the power to cause it to abound. Through the power of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, we have a helper. He's come to help us with the hope that God, he put in us. Amen. So we see that our, our hope comes from God. But there's other hopes out there too. You know, selfish and, and also from the enemy. Uh, uh, turn with me to Luke. Uh, Luke chapter 23. 
And uh, let's look at verse 8. This is around the time when Jesus, they had, you know, I, I don't want to say captured him because they didn't capture him. You know, they went to arrest him and, you know, they didn't take him. The Bible said he, he willingly laid down his life. You know, and he put most of them on, the, on their backs to prove it. You know, who are you looking for? Uh, Jesus of Nazareth. They acting all bad. You know, they got their clubs and swords and everything. You know, who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. Broom. They on the floor. They on the ground. You know. He's showing you, you want some of this. No. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but. And then he said, come on, boys, who you looking for? Jesus natural. He said, I told you already I'm he, you know. And he gave himself. They didn't take him, you know. And they can't take you either. You know, the devil can't take you out if God got purpose for you. He tried to take me out a couple times, but he couldn't do it. Why? God's got purpose. God's got plans. Amen. There's a world to reach. There's people hurting. And there's family members to see to come to Jesus. Amen. There are nations that have got to come in and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be delivered and set free. Amen. God's got mansions he's got to fill. Amen. Praise the Lord. He got me excited today. But anyway. But see, hope will do that. Hope will get you excited. And then with the power of the Holy Ghost, like we just read, it'll cause you to begin to do things if you're willing. But here, you know, Jesus, they had taken him, and, you know, and, they, and they, they beat him up in the Sanhedrin and everything and did him wrong. And then, you know, then they sent him uh, 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 to Pilate, you know, and Pilate, you know, he didn't see nothing wrong with him. So he said, hey, ain't my jurisdiction. Send him to Herod. And so he's before Herod. And Herod was the one that ordered John the Baptist's head to be cut off. You know? And because John went around, he, see, he preached righteousness. You know? Today we got ministers that are afraid to preach and say something about the things going on in the world today. You know, but see, God, God sent us. The Bible says that the government going to be on his shoulders and his shoulders is in the body. And the Bible says, you know, uh, 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 that uh, uh, we are to rule and reign in this life. How? By Jesus Christ. You know, we're the ones that say, no, you can't do that. It used to be that way in Hollywood where the church, they come to the church. They used to come to the body and say, hey, we want to, no, you got to change that up. No, no. But it's different today. Why? Because we, 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 we want to be tolerant. Bible didn't tell us to be tolerant. Told us to walk in love. And the love of God will take, take you out sometimes if you're trying to destroy or hurt his people or come against him, especially the apple of his eye called Yisrael. You can just read history, you know. 
we're not to be harsh or evil to people. We're to be kind and all those things. But see, love, love, we might, we don't tolerate and become like or let them do things that's going to thwart or try to stop the will of God. You know, the reason John the Baptist got his head cut off because he told the truth. He spoke the truth in love. Most of the people you see that are bold in God, like Elijah and John the Baptist, Jesus. See, we think Jesus carried a little sheep on his shoulder, you know. Oh, precious lamb. Yeah, precious lamb. Sometimes God will speak a word to you in prayer that will kind of make your legs shake, you know. To correct you. It's not harsh. It's kind. But it's loving and correcting, you know. And Jesus, he, 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 didn't, he didn't mince words either. You whited wall sepulcher full of dead men bones. You're going to all perish if you don't repent and go to hell. I mean, but today, you know, God has a hope. And if the church don't stand up and begin to speak to the situation, to speak, to, no matter if it's to government or to the things, and, and begin to declare and decree what Daddy said in love, but boldly, boldly proclaim, and not be afraid of our lives. I like what Pastor Bruce and Sanders say up there at the other Passion Camp: "People for our lives." See, Jesus laid his down. And the Bible said we're supposed to do the same. Now, it might not happen physically, but sometimes our lives is our will. What we want to do or what we don't want to do. Amen? You know, God wants us to be bold in love. And you know what? If the hope God gives us is going to come to pass, it's got to be, we got to be bold. You know? That's why people who had dreams and, and they went out and did it and then it failed and they went out and did it and then it failed. They didn't give up because there was a boldness and they had, they had the dream was in them. And they were in the dream. And they persevered no matter what the cost. And eventually they saw that dream come to pass. But in Luke 23, 8, we see, And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad. For he was desirous to see him of a long season or a long time. Because he had heard many things of him. And, and see, this, this part where it says, Because he had heard many things of him. And he had hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. That having heard. You know, the Bible says faith cometh how? By hearing, and hearing by the what? Now, see, Herod, who was a wicked king, had been hearing, hearing about God, Jesus God. But see, the hope he had in this verse, he had hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. And then he questioned him and did all things. But he didn't get a miracle, did he? His hope didn't come to fruition, did it? You know? Because, see, a hope don't automatically come to pass. His hope was out of selfishness. It wasn't from God. You know, God don't just go around and show a miracle and say, okay, this is me, you know. Da -da. No. He don't always do that. 
Sometimes he don't show you nothing. But he wants you to take what you heard of him. Because when you do that, whatever that hope is, it'll begin to fill up. And that's for next week's message. But anyway. See, that hope was out of selfishness. And so, you know, if we, we, we got a hope that's out of selfishness, you know, God can't fulfill it. You know, sometimes we have a hope, well, you know what? I don't think she should have him, you know. Uh, she ain't a good wife. I need him, you know. He's, you know, and I got a hope that he's going to be mine. That's a wrong hope. <laughs> that's a selfish hope. And if that hope comes to pass, it's destruction waiting to happen. Because it's not originated from him who is love. And it's against what he has said. See, that's, see there are hopes out there, but wrong hopes. And then the enemy, Satan, he will give you a wrong hope. You get a report from the doctor. And then the devil starts telling you, see there, I told you. Yes, you're going to die. You're not going to make it this time. You know? See, he's speaking words. And see, faith don't just come by hearing God's word. There's also faith cometh by hearing the wrong words. And whatever you hear and you See, faith, the definition of faith, the simple definition of faith is a persuasion or a conviction based upon what you heard. And so if you're hearing the wrong report, which a lot of the news is putting out, and you get persuaded about it, it's going to lead you down the wrong path. It could come to pass. And see, the enemy, he speaks that lie. He spoke it to, in Genesis chapter 3, uh, uh, turn there. Genesis chapter 3. And in Genesis chapter 3, you know, God had created the heavens and the earth, you know. And then he created the crown and jewel of all of his creation, which was the one was made in his image after his likeness, you know. And then he, he, he took him and set him in the garden that he had, he had made for him. The whole earth didn't look like that garden. He had made a special place to put the man because, you know, it was an instruction time, you know. God was instructing in him. And he told him, he said, tend the garden, you know, eat anything you want, you know, but keep it up, you know, and be on guard, you know, but just don't touch that, that one tree that's in the midst of the garden. Actually, there were two trees in the midst of the garden, but he only told him not to touch one. And here comes the, 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 uh, the, the one that he had kicked out before from heaven who rebelled against him, you know, before, uh, uh, you know, Genesis uh, 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 one had actually happened or the most part of it and it was and he, he came in and got into a serpent that God had created now in Genesis 3 1 now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which uh, 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 the Lord God had made and he said unto the woman 
you know, the one God separated from man and gave him to be a helpmate, amen, to fulfill the hope and the vision, amen, that God had placed in their hearts. You know, uh, he said unto the woman, have God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said we shall not eat of it, neither shall we touch it lest we die. And the serpent said, see he's using words. And the Bible, remember it said he's the most subtle or cunning or crafty of all God's creation. He, and the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. And God had already told him, the day you eat of this tree, you will surely die. But he tells him, you shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open. You know, you're going to get revelation. See, there's a revelation that comes that's not from God. Your eyes shall be open, and you'll get, you, uh, 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 and you shall be as gods knowing good and evil see but the thing they didn't know because they didn't eat it at the other tree is that they were already gods because they were made in his image after his likeness amen and, and then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant and I see she took that word that the enemy fed her, fed her, which had a, a hope in it. But it wasn't the hope of God. It was his hope that seemed good, but it was deception. And she took it and acted on it. And see, she, she got persuaded about it. And that's what faith does with hope. It fills it up brings it substance you know and she acted on it and she ate and then her husband standing right there right there next to her watching her get deceived she handed it to him and he went and ate it and he had the authority to say no see nothing happened when she ate it But you go down further and you read, when he ate, then something happened. The wrong revelation came. They were naked. They weren't naked before. I mean, they still looked the same way in the natural, but they weren't naked before. Because the hope of God covered them. Amen. So, uh, hope can be from God or can be from others, the selfish or the enemy. And we want the hope that comes from God because God hope always comes for good. Good or the flesh? Is your hope good or is it the flesh? Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. Verse 11. See, God's hope is a 
is supernatural and it's good. Now, the enemy's hope can be supernatural, too, because what was happening with Eve was supernatural. It was in the realm of the spirit, in other words, you know. But see, God's, God's hope is supernatural and good. See, just don't go around looking for the supernatural because it can get presented to you and you wish it hadn't. Especially when it doesn't come from God. You know? But God's hope is, is supernatural and good. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace. There's that word again associated with this other word. Peace and not of evil. To give you, in the uh, King James uh, the old King James says, and expected. And what did we say that word hope mean? Expectation. And expected or a hope in your end or your future. See, when the devil tells you you're getting ready to go out here, say, no, God's got a hope for me and it's in the future. So I ain't finished yet. I got work to do. There's a plan God's working for me and through me. For his glory. Amen. See, God's, God's hope, it's supernatural. It's not something you can work up. God said, I got it. My thoughts, or these thoughts I got that I'm going to speak in your spirit. I'm going to breathe in you. My thoughts, my plan, my ways, my vision. And he said, it'll be peace and not evil. Not tormenting, not worrisome. See, if we worried about a lot of stuff, then we, we either off the plan of God or we ignoring it. God's, God operates in peace and not evil. To give you an expected, a hope in your future. Amen. Turn to... Uh, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. We're talking about God's hope being supernatural and good. Romans chapter 4, verse, uh, let me get to 4. I'm in 17. I mean, I'm in 10. Verse 17. And here the apostle Paul is, is talking about uh, Abraham, uh, Abraham who is the, the Bible says is the father of our faith. You know, uh, uh, Adam, them, we saw in Genesis 3, they messed up what God wanted to do. But just because we, we mess up or we fall short don't mean it's over. That's the good thing about hope. God hope has designed in it, even if you blow it, 
Even if you make a wrong decision. Now, there's a decision you can make that takes you out of here. We're not talking about them tight decisions. But even if you blow it, God's, and you, but you have God. His hope in you is still not finished. Amen? God has a plan. Remember he said, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. Amen? See, God done thought it out before, and he already seen, oh, he going to blow it there. Yeah, you know that Bruce, huh, you know. But, you know, but he said, it's okay, because his heart's still going to be after me. Coming after him with a whole heart. And he said, so we just going to reroute, you know, kind of like them GPS thing. I don't use them, but anyway, you know, uh, uh, they'll reroute you saying, oh, you missed your turn. Drive another two miles, turn at the exit, whatever, you know. God has a plan. His hope is not over for you if you blew it. He still can bring it to pass. And see, Adam blew it, so just because Adam blew it didn't mean it was over for man. And then even when Noah got here, and the world had gotten so corrupt, and we're in those days today. Jesus said it was going to happen. Where it got so corrupt that God says, hey, uh, I'm not going to strive with man any too much longer, you know. And then he limited the, the, his life to 120 years, you know. And then, you know, 100 years, he had he, he given, given Noah the plan, and then 100 years he brought it to pass, and he said, I'm going to wipe out everything on the earth that's living. But you found favor with me. And he represented the human race. See, God got rid of some, but he didn't get rid of his hope. His hope, hope finds favor. When you cooperate with the will of God, favor is found. Psalms 5, 11, and 12 says that 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 that. Favor, you know, God will surely bless the righteous. Those, those, you know, and I'm paraphrasing that, that hoping in him. And with favor, he'll surround them about as with a shield. Where things that's trying to take them out, it just bounces off. Or that shield getting near somebody. I don't know why, but I'm supposed to give you $1,000. I don't even like it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway for something compelling me to do it. It gives you favor with God and with man. And so Noah, Noah found favor, you know, and then he fulfilled his will. But then people, it started getting back off again, you know, through his son and everything. But God was still working his hope. Hope is a plan. Uh, like uh, Stephen said last week, a blueprint, you know. Uh, uh, God's working the plan. He's looking at the blueprint and say, oh, yeah, that, uh, uh, that was a bad piece of wood. So we're going to have to, oh, we got some extra. Let's get that in here. Let's get the right stuff. Or we're going to have to manipulate this to get it right because we want this structure to be good. It's going to be glorious. Nothing like it. You know, so he gets, he gets through Noah. Then, but eventually he comes and he finds a man called Abram. Who heard God, had been serving idols, but he heard something that was alive. Someone who said they were someone and they did what they said. 
they did what they said. And even when he blew it, you know, he still kept his word to him. And Abraham hoped and trusted him. But anyway, Romans 4, 17, it said, as it is written, speaking of that Abraham, because God made him a promise. And remember it says that uh, hope begins here at the promises of God, in the promises of God. I made you a father of many nations. He didn't even have a child at the time. Sarah was barren. You know, you heard the story, uh, if you were here last week, that Stephen shared. If you didn't, go listen to it on the podcast. I don't have time. I'm running out of time. <laughs> I'm already in trouble. But anyway, before him, no, I'm not in trouble. Before him whom he believed, God, who quickeneth or makes alive the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were. When you grab a hold of hope, or uh, of, of God and the hope he's giving you. No matter if the, the dream looks dead, no matter if the vision looks like there's no way it can come to pass. You know what? God says, I'm the one that quickeneth the dead. I can bring life to the dream. And he did that for uh, 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 Sarah and Abraham. He said in verse 13, who against hope. See, that's that other hope we were talking about. Who against hope? See, the hope for Abraham was this. You can't have no children. You're 100 years old. And Sarah definitely can't. She 90, ain't never bore. Her womb is dead. It, which it says it right here. Her womb is dead. Your expectation, your hope is this. It's not going to happen. And God not going to be able to do what he said. That's the expectation that comes from self or the natural or from the enemy. So Abraham against that. Abraham, Abraham because he believed God. He had seen God move too many times, even when he blew it. And so Abraham, Abraham in his faith against that said, nope, that ain't the hope I'm shooting for. He believed in hope the hope that came from the breath of God to his heart saying I'm going to make you the father of many nations that he might become he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall your seed be and be not weak in faith and really that's getting in the next week because hope don't work alone. But Abraham was in faith. Let's go on because I'm I got a few more things and I'm already there. So y'all, how many of y'all give me a little more time? Thank you. I didn't even look for no hands, but I know you I said, I know y'all generous heart, y'all loving heart for your brother. Anyway, God's hope doesn't disappoint. Turn to Romans chapter five. And see, just one, one chapter over. See, Abraham, he knew this. God's hope doesn't disappoint. And that's why against the hope that's in the world, that which is the natural course of things, he believed in the hope 
that doesn't fail, that doesn't disappoint. Because that hope is not just hope. It's a person. It's the heart of a person. And that hope doesn't disappoint or fail because it's the hope of love. It's the hope of love. Therefore, being justified by faith, in verse 1, we, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the what? Hope. Rejoice in the hope of the glory or the manifestation of all that God is or said in that particular hope, all that he has to provide for that particular hope, and all that that hope is. That's the glory, the manifestation, the weight of it. It's taking on weight. Amen. And, and not only that, but so glory, in, uh, excuse me, hope of the glory of God. And not only in, in so, but we glory in the tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh what? Patience or perseverance. Perseverance is a, I'm going to keep pressing. No matter what's against me, I'm not quitting. I'm keep going. Yes, it's tough, but I'm keep going because I know I'm not alone. Knowing, uh -oh, knowing that tribulation work and perseverance, and perseverance bringeth forth the old King James says experience, but character. See, really, character is the fruit of the Spirit. Our experiences or what God does in working in us brings forth character or the, 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 the character of the spirit, the character of love, which is love, joy, peace, long service, gentleness, and you know all those, okay? And, 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 and experience and experience hope. Our character, the, the experience we go through would also bring forth what? Hope. What? The hope that God's already planted. It brings forth the expectation, the anticipation of what we're looking for or what God has desired. And hope makes not a shame or does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad or poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. See, the fuel of, fuel of hope is love. God so loved that he had a dream. One day I'm going to send my son. This was before the, he even created it. The, oh, one day you're going down there, son, because I so love them. You know, I've heard a... a, a uh, 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 was on the TV, but you know, I heard of somebody say, you know, that you know, they love that baby that they don't even have in there yet. They're not even pregnant, but they got a love for it. Why? Because hope's there. Hope's there, and they're speaking life, and they're speaking, you know, what they did, what they, what they hope for. Amen. The enemy. And flesh hope disappoint, which we saw in Luke 23 with King Herod. And also, uh, 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 
we saw the enemy in, in Genesis 3, but turn to Acts chapter 24. Book of Acts, one book back, chapter 24, I mean verse 24. Chapter 24, verse 24. And this is Apostle Paul. You know, he was, had been beat up by his Jewish brethren and went before uh, uh, Festus and Agrippus and they were sent him uh, 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 or, yeah, Drusilla which was a Jewess, let's go ahead and just read, Acts 24, 24. And with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And this was when he was before them. And as he reasoned a righteousness and temperance, actually this is before Agrippa, this was uh, uh, Festus, Felix, excuse me, Felix. And judgment to come, Felix trembled. See, so we think about well, I got to tolerate. I can't be tough. It said Felix trembled at what Paul was telling him. You know, he trembled and answered, go, go your way. For this time when I have convenient season, I will call for you. In verse 26, he hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul that he might loose him. Wherefore, he sent for him the more often and commune with him. But it, Paul didn't do that. Because that wasn't a godly hope. See, when you take the hope of the world, it will disappoint you. You're not going to get the expectation of it. But God's hope always comes past. And my last point in uh, five more minutes, we are no longer without hope. And the world don't have to be either. Turn to 1 Peter Chapter 1. We are no longer without hope as children of God. God has a hope for us that has life in it. It's not a dead hope. It's not a dead hope. God doesn't have dead hope. His hope is a lie. 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Excuse me, verse 3. Blessed be God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. That's the new birth, being born again. Unto a what? A living or a lively hope. You know, it ain't just sitting there. It's alive. It's moving. It's, you know, it's active. A lively hope. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to, this is where this hope has taken us. And it's, a, and it's life is for. To an inheritance. Incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away. It ain't going nowhere. You don't have to worry about what God has for you fading away and you not obtaining it. Reserved in heaven for you. 
See, we have hope down here to accomplish the will and purpose of God, but there's also a hope for what's coming, what's awaiting us. Amen? That's why we need to be faithful down here. That's why we need to open up our mouths down here. You can't wait to get to heaven and say, okay, God, I'll preach to him now, now that I see you and I see a little fire in your eyes and maybe uh, you ain't too pleased. You, did, you, said, you said, well, you didn't say well done. You said, well, <laughs> that actually happened to a lady. She, she was a Miss uh, America, you know, and she wanted to go home because the child had passed, you know, and she wanted to go to heaven. And God told her, he said, he, she said, God, take me. He said, if it was you've come, he said, all I'm going to say is, well, not well done, well. But she's still here doing the done part, the well done part, amen, and doing a good work. And we got a good work to do, amen. Uh -uh. Know the hope to which he has called us. We need to know it. Ephesians chapter, and Ephesians chapter 2. And I got, after this, one more verse, and then we're going to end. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We need to know the hope. For we are his workmanship. Paul, Apostle Paul before that said, we've been saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves. It is a what? A gift from God, not of works that we should boast about. It ain't because we so great or we, we all that in a, a bag of chips. It's by his grace, amen, through faith. And all that is a gift. The grace and the faith is a gift from God. Because we are, he, uh, uh, he's got a purpose for us to do. In verse 10, for we are his workmanship. God's working a masterpiece. Created where? In Christ Jesus. Unto what? Good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk therein. Wherefore remember that you in time past being Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands that at that time you were without Christ in other words in your BC days before you got born again you know being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise Israel had the promise of God the world didn't but through Christ we have received them. Having no, and see, when they were, we were without Christ, it says having no hope. Thank you, sister, I was going there. And without God in the world. You know what this is talking about? Those people that we sit next to in the office that don't know Jesus. Even some people that are in churches, they're religious, but they don't know Jesus. About those children you see running around at the playground or in the, uh, in the store, people you meet, you know. 
they have no hope. And without God in this world, that's murder. Literally. That's why people killing each other now. They don't see a future. They don't care about not going to jail or whatever. They don't have a hope. So they say, I'm going to do what I want to do. If I'm going to be out of here and go wherever it might be, because I don't see nothing ahead, I'm just going to do whatever, whether it's wrong or not. Because they have no hope, and they are without God in this world. But now in Christ, verse 13, Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, say they're far off from God, are made nigh by the blood, I love the blood, the blood of Christ is also the blood of God. The blood of Christ. We've been brought into the covenant of promises by the blood of Jesus Christ, which he shed for us. Amen? We're, we're, we're no longer people with no hope and without God, but we are people who have hope because we have God. Amen? Turn to Titus chapter chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. And this is going to be my last verse here. And I, I, I thank you for your patience that you've shown me. Let's look at uh, verse 13. See, we as the children of God must know and deliver this knowledge. Not just head knowledge. I'm talking about the knowledge that is life that Paul prays for in Ephesians chapter 1, verse, verse uh, uh, 17 through, through the end of the chapter. The knowledge of him. The knowledge of love. We as the children of God uh, must know and deliver that knowledge to them that there is a hope. Because there's a hope giver. We have a hope giver. And through us as the children of God, he's looking to give hope to those who are hopeless. Titus chapter 2 verse 13. We as the children of God, we have something to look forward to. Looking for that Blessed hope. Now, yeah, this is talking about Jesus, but it's not just talking about Jesus. Actually, it's talking about the resurrection. See, Paul stood and he argued with uh, uh, King Agrippa and all them, you know, and, and uh, Festus. And Festus told you, you are mad, Paul. You too many books made you mad. You know, you're beside yourself. He said, I'm not beside myself, most noble Festus. He said, this is the hope of Israel that we receive eternal life and that when we, if we die, we're going to be raised from the dead to be with God and to the inheritance that he has promised us. We have a hope. It's called a blessed hope. And our blessed hope he said, uh, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
the blessed hope that is if he tarries any longer and I go the way of grave, one day I'm going to say, surprise, surprise. I got up. Amen? That's our hope. Not that, you know, I live, then I die, then I don't exist. Our hope is not that. We have a real hope, a lively hope. In a lively hope giver. Amen? So we need to open our hearts, first of all, yielding to that hope in us and begin to pour it out to others. Just like he said, hope doesn't disappoint because the love of who? God has been shed abroad or poured out into our hearts. Why has it been poured out into our hearts? Because we're a vessel of the Lord. Just like a woman in the kitchen, you know, doing everything, you know, and she made some gravy, you know. She don't pour the gravy, take the, the pan, she made the gravy or the pot, you know, the whole thing out there to the table. She got a little vessel that she'll pour some of that gravy in. And then at the table, people can get the gravy and pour as much as they want. But it's coming from the vessel. Not from, it came from the source, which the pot she made it in, but it's in the vessel that is needed at hand at the time. Because the pot would be inappropriate there at the table. But a vessel is available that it can be used and then poured out. And that's our Father's hope for us. He wants us to be used and poured out. Pour out hope. Pour out joy. Pour out peace. Pour out love. Pour out healing. You know? You say, well, I'm fighting about it myself. Go lay hands on somebody that needs it. Your healing will spring forth. Sometimes those are things that is holding up what we need. Because we not. See, the, the principle God so love he gave. And then he said in Luke 68, give, and it shall be what? Given unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it, and run over. Sometimes we need to, you know, the, the grave had been poured in, but now just sitting there getting all caked over and pale and dry, you know. You can't use that at the dinner table. But if you pour it out, it can be filled with more. Pour it out, it can be filled. Whatever you need, daddy can do it. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. Praise your name, Lord. I want to ask you a couple things. Do you have a hope? And what or who is that hope in? Is it in God or is it in your circumstances or is it in your job? Or And if you don't have hope, would you like to receive that hope? But if you do have it, how active is your hope? Do you see it taking shape? Do you see it taking form? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. 
For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you.